use this time well, use it, use it, use it, and consider becoming more enamored with the idea of change. Better to make friends with it than always try to resist it. You gotta pick yourself up, go backwards, and slam yourself at the wall like 500 more times until the wall crumbles. 25% of middle school girls already believe they'll never achieve their dream career. career. Hi, I'm Kara Golden, founder and CEO of Hint. Hint. And you're listening to Unstoppable, a podcast spotlighting the journeys of inspiring entrepreneurs. I believe that at its core, leadership is about constantly learning from the people around you. And I'm so inspired by the conversations we're having in our upcoming episodes and can't wait to share them with you. This season, some of my guests include Rebecca Minkoff, fashion designer and founder of the Female Founder Collective, Diana Kaff, author of Girls Who Run the World, Andrew Dudham, founder of Hymns, and Eugene Rem, co-founder of Rumble Fitness, and much, much more. Plus, we ask the million-dollar question, what does it really take to be unstoppable? Let's find out. Hi, everybody. It's Kara Golden from Unstoppable, and I'm so, so excited to have our next guest here, Sherry Salata. How are you, Sherry? Oh, my gosh, Kara. We're finally together again. Yay, 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 yay. So I'm really, really excited to have my friend and author and just overall awesome, awesome, great lady here to talk just about, you know, everything, the journey that she's been on over the last, uh, I don't know, uh, lots of years, right? Oh and God. forever, yeah, it seems like. Yeah, and, uh, and her amazing book, The Beautiful No, I actually tweeted it out the other night. And I have to tell you that it just, you know, I've known Sherry for a bit and I didn't know some of these pieces. I mean, everything from working at 7-Eleven way back in the day to, uh, yeah. So, you know, the ability to be scrappy as I always talk to people that no matter at what level you get is uh, remember your, remembering your roots and where you came from and all those things were kind of uh, coming out. So let me just tell you a little bit about Sherry if you uh, are not familiar with her. So Sherry Salata uh, is currently living in Northern California, but she grew up in Chicago and or just outside of Chicago and uh, did some stints in Texas and a few other places. But uh, she recently, fairly recently in the last couple of years left a an enormous job as the executive producer of a show that some of you guys may be familiar with. It was actually most recently the OWN Network, but it started out as the Oprah Winfrey Network and show. And she was uh, she has been named as one of Fast Company's 100 Most Creative People in Business, the Hollywood Reporter's Women Entertainment Power 100 list, the 2017 Feminist Press Power Award winners. Um, amazing, amazing uh, things. And like I said, today we are going to be talking about her amazing book called The Beautiful No um, and really get to know Sherry a little bit more. So welcome, Sherry. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you yes. and your listeners. Super, super excited. So so for 20 years with the Oprah Winfrey Show, talk to me a little bit about that. Yes, well, listen, a lot of people might think 
if you end up as executive producer of the Oprah Winfrey show, which by the way, uh, ended nine years ago. If you can Crazy. believe it, how, how time, how time flies. But a lot of people might think that I, I went to college for film and television, you know, hatched out of college and dropped right into the Oprah Winfrey show. And, you know, next thing you know, um, I was in, in the executive producer chair. Nothing could be further from the truth. I had had so many jobs out of college. I went to the University of Iowa, go Hawks, um, solid Midwestern roots, but I made one decision after another, after another, that wasn't that great. And I literally started at the Oprah Winfrey show in a fairly entry level position at 35 years old. So I was 35 when I started over yet again. And it was, you know, it was one of the, it's a once in a lifetime ride. What can I say? You know, I was at the show um, for 15 seasons. The last five, I was the executive producer. And then I went on uh, with Oprah to help her get own all sorted out. And then it was time to do my own thing. Um, but, you know, here's what I will say to you, Kara, that, and, and this is like my best advice for anybody, once you're in that dream, know it, know it. Don't keep looking ahead to the future. That was, that was one thing I really, um, I really give myself a lot of credit for, that the minute I walked into Harpo Studios in 1995, I knew I was on a ride the likes of which will never come again. There will never be another Oprah Winfrey show. There will never be another team like that um, with a mission like that. It was truly once in a lifetime. And I'm so grateful that every day I knew that. Do you? How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works, and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn, quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
no English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think, and makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Think, so you were at an agency right before you got that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right before you got that role. So do you feel like the, uh, I mean, you did a few different things. You worked in retail, you were at 7-Eleven, you, um, and, and, you know, she definitely. Typing pool. The, yeah, but, but in a training program at 7-Eleven, I should say, but you did work at the counter and you were like having to. I had to manage one. Yeah. I had to, you know, it's like going through boot camp. I had to manage a 7-Eleven store personally. I think I did it for eight and a half months. Wow. It almost that, killed me. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my whole entire life. 
but I think that the idea that you, you know, you still remember those things. So I, I always tell people, I, my first job was at Time Magazine and I started out as an executive assistant. I went in actually thinking that I, right out of college, that I could get a job at Fortune Magazine writing because I loved <laughs> finance. And I went, I marched into the uh, HR offices. This is before there was lots of security in the bottom of the uh, Time Inc. building. And I just marched up and said, I would like to have a job at, at Fortune Magazine. And, you know, people always ask lucky me. Lucky you, Kara. Lucky. Yeah. What moxie. Right? And it was just like, I'm just going to go get it. I'm just going to go get that job. And they would never give me a job, but I took a job as an executive assistant. And I always tell people that I actually was an executive assistant in circulation. And the first day on the job, I still wasn't sure what circulation was. <laughs> I was like, I guess I'll, I'll learn along the way. And that was, you know, I feel like that's the thing that I saw in you as well. And the yeah. other piece that we didn't talk about right before this is my very first job was at a toy store. And so, yeah. And so that's what I was saying that you and I like separated at birth, like had I learned, you know, at the toy store, I actually became a toy buyer and I was 14 years old. And my dad kept saying, do they know you're 14 years old? And okay. I'm that's like, crazy. yeah. That's, and that's like a real job. Yeah, no, it was a, it, the, the owner of a small toy store in Old Town Scottsdale, it was called ABC Toys, and she was going through a divorce, and she asked me to help her do toy buying, and I said, sure, and this is during the time of, of Cabbage Patch Dolls, this was the other, yeah, and so it was Cabbage Patch Dolls and- Masters um, of the Universe. Yeah, and Shel Silverstein books were like I when I couldn't figure out what to sell people, I was like, just buy the book. Like just buy Shel Silverstein. You can't go wrong, right? right. Like and I just had right. this anyway, it was so funny. So um, but I think that what I saw in your spirit was that you just, you know, you worked your way up and you made mistakes and there was a journey that got you to this and then you appreciated it at age 35 that you were there and you worked really hard. I mean, oh, yeah. there, yeah. Uh, by, by then I had enough, I had enough world experience um, out in the working world that I would have taken any job Purpose Studios would have offered me because I, I knew, oh, okay, once you combine meaning with mission and something that's really percolating with energy like that, I would have done anything to work there because I, I, I could feel it. It was, there was the city of Chicago and that Harpo Studios was kind of pulsating. It, you know, something important was happening and I was drawn to it like a moth to a flame. That, that's awesome. And did you, like in the early days, were you working close with Oprah or not really? Like well, you know, I was a promo producer. So I'd been in advertising and advertising gave me the skills. That's yeah. where I learned the craft of producing. So forever indebted. Um, but so that my, my first job was a promo producer, not a senior promo producer, just a promo producer. And that meant, and, and I loved my teammates. We were in the basement. We weren't show people. There were the show people and there was us. And so we were definitely on a bottom rung, but every 
week, we would, we would get to go in with our little promo scripts and record them with Oprah. It was called tracking. And we would live, like that's the day we would dress up and look extra nice. And, and, and we would have a, a 45 second encounter with her that we would live on until the next week. So no, I would not say we were working with her closely, um, but we, we did get sightings. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel I always tell people, I think there's there's there are a lot of people in our audience who are, you know, existing business people, existing people that just want to do better. But there's also people, there's a lot of um, students, um, people that are just getting started that I hear from all the time saying, gosh, you really helped me. Um, and I feel like they're really going to get this out of you like that. And that's why I'm probing for some of these, you know, like what it was like, like you weren't, you weren't working with, you know, Oprah and her team, but I think like the fact that she saw that you were actually, you know, doing hard work and willing to be loyal and, and, you know, and, and make things are, is just always really, really important. I got really, really, when I, when I went, went into, because obviously that was a very high profile, um, um, experience that, that was ripe with opportunity. And I remember my, my boss in advertising agency gave me the, the most sage advice. And here, you know, because clearly I was going in a little underneath my skills, which I didn't care. But he said, keep your head down and just do what they're paying you to do really, really well. And I believe Oprah will pluck you out. Those were his exact words to me. And, and I took his advice not to get plucked out but because with so much possibility going on, it, it can be, get very easy to get knocked off what they're paying you to do when you're fantasizing about what your next step's gonna be. And you know, we, you know we, we've both managed people and always that can be a little annoying. It's like, can you do this well first please? And so I took that really to heart and whatever I was given to do, I would dive in and give it, you know, learn as much as I could and, and give it my best. And never once in all my years in that company did I ever ask for a promotion. Did I ever have to go in and ask for something or put myself forward? It was like his advice was true. I, you know, I did this and then they would ask me to do this. And I'd say, okay, then I do that. And they'd ask me to do that. It was kind of like, um, it was more, um, Kind of a vibrational thing. Yeah, I think that that's really that's that's an important piece. I feel like the the other thing about uh, I don't know about you, but as, as I was climbing to, I was the youngest uh, youngest vice president at AOL. I was you know moving along and you know happy with sort of getting to this this point. But when I got to sort of the the top of the heap or the, you know, being a leader, I felt like a lot of people that were, you know, working for me or, um, you know, some of my colleagues that I wasn't necessarily, I felt like they were looking to me to actually lead. And in many, in many respects, I felt like I actually still want to learn. Right. And I think like that's the frustration with so many leaders today is like and and managers 
as well as when you're sitting in this this spot with you know a fancy title right it's like i always tell people hire people and i push this on my own team like hire people that you're actually you are going to learn from right like it's like it's one thing to hire people to do tasks but it's another thing where you're going to actually learn from them because I think that, like that's ultimately what we all have to be doing is learning in every single respect, you know. And so I feel like that's something that is is really. Did you feel that way as well? Uh, you know, I got a little triggered when you were talking there for a second. I'm like, what's going on with me? Well, oftentimes, you know, we you know um, we can believe that the end game is C-suite. Yeah, but but maybe it's not. Maybe we shouldn't just make that assumption because many times when I had the title of president, I thought to myself, I have the worst job in this place. Yeah. Now, now it's legal, HR, blah, 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 building services, CTT, CTT. Like, I, like I'm with you. My hands aren't in the clay enough. My hands aren't in the clay enough anymore. And then, and, and, and meetings like, um, and, and, and mind you, this is, you know, we, we've all, I think, I think, I know I've evolved, business has evolved, and, you know, we're talking about four years ago, but it's like, gosh, you know, this is not, this, this is not the dream. This is not, this, this isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. So Sherry, something that I have read that you've uh, talked a little bit about is busyness. And uh, so I read a quote where you said, some, some of us use busyness to avoid some of the deeper spiritual questions about our lives. Uh, I probably most definitely do. And I'd, I'd, uh, I'd be curious, can you dive into that a little bit for us? Well, you know, the, the interesting thing, Kara, and, and uh, irony is that until you force yourself to become unbusy, uh, you don't even realize that you're, you were using busyness to, to, as an avoidance tactic. And I think that was coupled, so that was certainly true for me, that I, I knew my health wasn't that great. I knew I wasn't taking care of myself. I knew I was stressed out to the max. I knew the ways I managed stress weren't, weren't the ways that promote well-being, but I was busy. And, and it was, in fact, it was like my middle name. Oh, she's so busy. She's so busy. She's so busy. But I was so busy doing something that was quote unquote so important that I got a lot of free passes for, for, for myself and, and a lot of other people in my life. And I think coupled with that, busy thing which is you know when you don't know what to do about something or you know you've got you've got wounds you haven't healed or you have some belief systems that aren't serving you being busy allows you to just keep going without taking that painful plunge into the middle of it and um when i finally unbusied myself and took a look at that it was it was like it was like getting into a pool of freezing cold water. It was it was shocking. It was painful. It was kind of embarrassing. You know, I, I felt humiliated for myself that I had a front row seat to the best possible emotional, mental, physical wellness on the planet by the leading edge people of the time. 
And while I, I soaked it up like a sponge, I took notes left and right. I just was not willing to commit to integrating it. And, you know, it, it, it will, it will always be a regret of mine. And is that, so, so the beautiful no is the name of your book. And so yeah. talk to me a little bit about how the busyness factor sort of ties into the beautiful no. Well, the beautiful no really is about how I got the job at the Oprah show. And it's, a, it's, about, it's about the possibility for all of our lives, which is right before, right before that, that fateful day came, I, I had been freelancing as an agency producer, Kara, and I, and I was terrible at it. Like dialing for dollars is not my, my game. And that's what I felt like I was doing. Like, please hire me, please hire me. So I was broke and out of money. In fact, I, I, like, I, I, I wasn't sure I could pay my rent. My friend Nancy, who co-hosts the podcast with me now, she uh, would bring me casseroles because she was worried I didn't have enough money. And, uh, and, and I, was, I was, you know, 35. I was kind of ashamed and embarrassed and I hadn't turned out. And now once again, because I, you know, I, I, I wanted to work on different kinds of accounts. That's why I went, went uh, to freelance. I thought that was a splendid idea, which it wasn't. And I got a big, big interview at a big fancy agency and the guy all but hired me in the room. And it was for a senior producer position. I think it was like, you know, it was, it was a ton of money for me at the time. It would have saved me big, huge clients, big, huge accounts. And he said, uh, I'll give you a call in the next couple of days and we'll work out your start date. And as the story goes, I waited by the phone every single day, uh, celebrated with champagne with my friends a little too soon. And by Friday, I, I got the the form letter from HR saying we're not hiring at this time. So it was debilitating, depressing, devastating, because, you know, I thought that, well, then I don't know what to do, because that was, that was, that was the dream. And within a very short time, I got a fateful message on my answering machine. It had tape then from somebody at the Oprah Winfrey show who said, listen, we were cleaning out a closet and we found your reel in your resume because I had applied there a while back. And would you come in and freelance for us? And that of course was the beginning. And, and it was only a few years later when I realized without that beautiful, beautiful no from that big fancy advertising agency, I never would have been available to begin the journey that would turn into be, you know, one of the one of the great experiences of my life. That's the beautiful note for all of us. And I think like, what do you think is the, I mean, beyond the journey, what do you think is kind of the big things that, you know, it's always easier to look back on life and say, you know, aha, uh -huh, that's exactly what happened. But what do you think is like, you know, especially during we're we're recording this right now during you know, the, the uh, shelter in place COVID situation. I mean, what do you think is like the biggest learnings that you've had, you know, over the years, but also, you know, what we're seeing right now? I mean, for people yeah. like, I, what, what's kind of the biggest 
And I do believe it all ties together. I think that. Oh, it does. Yeah. Well, here's what is cemented in my knowing to the end of my days. Mindset is everything. The story you choose to tell yourself about any situation, about your life, about yourself is everything. And I think many of us begin to tell ourselves a story that, that the jobs we have are prisons, or we can't do this, or we don't have enough time, or we are too busy. Um, and and we, we just turn ourselves with those stories into tightly wound stress balls who, 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 who can't sit still for a meditation or a yoga. Instead of saying, nothing is more important than my well-being. I am, I am no good to any company. I am no good to my employees. Nothing comes before my own well-being. Not my family, not my neighbors, not my community, not my job, nothing. Because when we take our care of ourselves like that, then everything else benefits. Everything else rises up. So here, here I'm sheltering in place in the Napa Valley. I'm, 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 I'm sitting at my table talking to you. And here's what I know. Some days I do this better than others. I was telling you beforehand, some days it's a Netflix binge and too much wine. Um, and, but most days it's the mindset that I am, I am getting ready. I, I'm creating a new sherry for a new normal. And that, that, that sherry is going to be even more resilient, uh, even more filled with possibilities even more innovative, even more creative, even happier, even more joyful, because that's the mindset that's going to take me to the next level in these times. And you talk a little bit about this in the book, but talk to me about ritual and the importance yeah. of, of that in, in your everyday life. I am a ritual girl, you know, from drinking out of bone china teacups that my grandma brought down from northern Saskatchewan, Canada. Um, and and I, I noticed the way people use rituals in their lives. And I'm, 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 I'm so drawn to that. Um, listen, you can make your life magical instead of just a series of, of actions from waking up to going back to bed. You know, you can, you can light a candle uh, to, to kind of open up your day. You can do a meditation. You can make a cup of tea. You can, you can treat your life with reverence by putting rituals in it, like a, a breathing, a moment of breathing, uh, a, walk around, a walk around your yard. Um, that, that's my new thing. I, I've, I've been very intrigued with the idea of forest bathing. And I haven't been to any forest lately, but I, I do have a, a garden around my house. And so I'm like, got to go for my garden bath and, and just noticing, just noticing, allowing myself to like soak up some nature as a ritual in the middle of my day. And I don't know, I just feel like, I feel like the more magic we can insert into our lives with, um, with language, language like ceremony and ritual and sunrises and sunsets. Um, I think the more, the, the more the, the ride becomes more joyful. That's my experience. 
I think that that that's so key. I also uh, you talked a bit in the book about Abraham Hicks. What have you learned yeah. from from him and his his teachings? Well, listen, I stumbled onto Abraham years ago. It must be 15 years by now. And that um, that is my spiritual path. And it is the, the simplest, simplest um, offerings, nothing to join, no membership dues, no, no big set of rules other than an offering of understanding that you're, you're co-creating your reality. And words matter, thoughts matter, and that every day you wake up, you have a chance to change your mind. And when you change your mind about your life and yourself and your story, you can change your experience of, of living. Super simple. And, you know, I'm really relying on it now, Kara. Um, I go back to the, you can watch a gazillion YouTube videos. Um, and I just make sure that I immerse myself a little bit in the idea that, yes, we are very, very powerful. We are very, very powerful. And we can create our own unhappiness or we can turn that around by taking control of that story and rewriting it. I love it. That's awesome. How did you decide to move to Napa? What was kind of your thinking? Well, I, I think it was 10 years ago, 11 years ago, when I first came to Napa Valley and I went, whoa, oh my gosh, this is the most beautiful place I've ever seen. It is beautiful. And what I love about Napa Valley is that it's, it's very rural. It's like a bunch of small towns hooked together along a beautiful valley, but there's a world-class creative business going on here that is a combination of hospitality and innovation and branding and and harvest and you know the wine business and I am, am just giddy with happiness when I'm talking to people about what they're creating so you know when I, I had a moment about a year and a half ago when I realized I had I had designed my life so I could work from anywhere where do I want to work I finally asked myself and on my someday list was I want to I want to live in Napa Valley, and I'm like, well, what are you waiting for? No, it's, a, it. it's such a beautiful place. You're going to have to come over to where I am, which is not too far from you, but it's in Marin County, and it's uh, you know we sort of moved here by accident for the public schools for our kids, but the I um, our house backs up to 100 acres of state park. And so you talk about like forests. I mean, every day at, you know, even through COVID, I'm, it's a little later. I'm probably getting up at six, six thirty, but I, you know, get up at five thirty and I hike my dogs and, and, you know, every day is a new trail and a new time to open my eyes. And when I'm traveling, I, people say like, what do you miss? I mean, I definitely miss my family, but I miss the trails. Like yeah. I, I just, and, and there's something about it. It's like a new tree. Today I saw uh, these two birds and I, I'm dying to know what kind of birds they were. And they had little like orange spots on their wings. They were perfectly black. And then they had these orange spots. I've never seen these birds before. And, um, and it was just, you know, every, 
every day it's something new. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's really, um, you know, it's such a beautiful part of, uh, of, you know, starting my day with nature and opening up and, you know, and then I drive into San Francisco when I'm here to go into the office, but it, it is, it's really a magical, you know, part of the world. And, and, um, but I also feel like, you know, happiness, I always, you know, share this with people too, that I think oftentimes, you know, what draws people to this part of the world is that, you know, it is nature and it is appreciation and, you know, but I also feel like I need like you a little bit of business in there too, where I see things happening and, you know, and, and yeah, uh, little energy. Yeah. And I feel like that, you know, Napa and Marin both kind of have that, but it's um, anyway, so that's my plug for Napa and Marin, County, <laughs> but, but um, it's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's super exciting. So, so uh, I always ask actually two more questions. Um, what makes you unstoppable? Oh, yes. I know you asked that question. So I got myself ready. I gave that a lot of thought. And, and I think it's, it's the thing that I, I like most about my younger self. And that continues to be a trait of mine that I, I, I cherish, that I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. And um, that, that, that continues to be true today that I won't, you know, at a certain point, I may stay on a road too long, but at a certain point, I will, I will change direction and, st and be willing to start over again. And I think that's what holds a lot of us in place is that we feel like, oh, but I've invested so much time. I mean, Kara, I had all these little 401ks with like 10 cents in them because I just as soon as I started to be able to, I'd be like, nah, this isn't it. Um, but it was that sense of, at the end of the day, I'm not going to live less than the life that I know I can live and whatever it takes to do that. No, I think it's so important. And that message, I, I think it's, it's sometimes people, you know, speaking to your busyness, I, I think people just get so busy that they, they want to be where you, where you are and where you're talking and, and, uh, but I, I think sometimes it's hard. And I feel like that's when I read your book and, and uh, you know, I know you're also doing the Sherry and Nancy show, which everybody's got to check out on her, um, on the podcast, which is super, super great. I, I feel like that reading your book really caused me to stop for a few minutes and say, she's right. And I need to, figure out how to get there with ritual. Um, you also talk about appreciation versus gratitude, which I, uh -huh. I really love that as well. And um, yeah, so really, really excited about that. So besides the podcast, where do people find you? Um, I, I have sherrysalata.com. Okay. And everything that I'm working on, um, and, and it can be found there. Uh, there's a link to the Sherry and Nancy show and, um, you know, and when, when the world opens up, I'll be back out, out on the road speaking and talking and gathering with people and uh, Nancy and I will just keep plugging away at our podcast. We're, 
we're just about to hit 3 million downloads, which is so fun. That's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. It's so crazy. I can't even believe it. And uh, yeah, so, th so that's, that's, that's where I'm at. That's incredible. And will there be a Sherry show? I know there's the Sherry and Nancy show, but eventually, just like the Oprah show, will, will there be a Sherry show? That's what I want to Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I mean, listen, I've known Nancy for 30 years. I know. So, I loved that story in the book, too. I know. So, so it's just so fun to, um, you know, get on. And, and because we're, we're on the same path, you know, we're, we're two women in the middle of life. And we are saying we're only halfway done. So what are we going to create with the next half? Like, you know, your, your gl most glorious days should always be ahead of you. Um, they should be now and ahead of you. So, so that, that, that's the chat that we have once a week. And it's, it's a conversation that keeps reminding me what it is I really want. So, yeah, will there be a Sherry show? Who knows? Kudos. I don't, there will never be another Oprah show. I'll tell you that. The quote that I absolutely loved in your book was that flap your wings against the skylight until you fade away or turn your head just a tiny bit to see a new, easier path to the big blue sky. I was like, yeah. I got tears in my eyes when I heard that. I mean, it was just, it, it's so great. So, and speaks not only to me, but I think to a lot of people, if you really stop and think about it, it's really awesome. And to this time, this time we're in, like use this time well, use it, use it, use it, and consider becoming more enamored with the idea of change. Better to make friends with it than always try to resist it because change is coming. I love it. That's great. And oh, one last question. What's your favorite hint flavor? Oh, peach. Peach. I love it. I love it. Love it. And I love that you're drinking it with a straw. That is just, yes. that's awesome. Very well, I decided if, if we were on camera, I would, I, I, yes, I you're wanted so to fun. look a little ladylike for you. You are so fun. Well, thank you so much, Sherry. Everybody go and get the beautiful No. Uh, it's on Amazon and, and uh, lots of bookstores and definitely it's well worth the read. So definitely uh, go out and get it. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks so everybody. much, Jerry. If you like what you heard, please help spread the word and leave us a review. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? please talk to me at Kara Golden on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, be unstoppable. unstoppable. unstoppable.